Guess who's back, 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 back again, again, again. Bush is back, back, back. I brought a friend, friend, friend. Me. It's back, <laughs> me, it's back, me, it's back. We're back, baby. Welcome, everybody, to the Bush and Me Show. This is our 2020 NFL season preview show. I don't think I didn't think we'd be saying this. Thank God sports are back. Thank God the NFL is coming back. We got a whole bunch of stuff for you guys. We're going to have a new episode every Friday. So keep your Friday mornings clear. If you're working out, if you're driving to work, tune in because every Friday we're going to have our picks, our analysis. We're going to have what's hot that week. So stay mm -hmm. tuned. Now that means our Thursday night games are going to be released on Thursday on our social media platform. So you guys got to follow us at Bush and Me Show. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're gonna have it on all those platforms for you guys. So whether you're a better, you're just trying to win your fantasy league, or you're just trying to get some insight on your favorite team to talk trash with your coworkers, we're gonna give you all the stuff you need. So make sure you guys tune in. With that Bush, let's jump into it. Let's do it. Now, it's gonna be a weird year. There's no fans in the stands in most of the places, almost all the places. Yeah. As a former player, somebody who had to deal with the fans, whether they were clapping or cussing at you, uh, how do you think that's going to play out? Uh, I, th I think it's going to be a little bit of a tough situation at first. You know, when when you walk out there through that tunnel, it's, you know, pregame is different. You know, when, when you're out there and you see some of the fans start to trickle in, but when you go back in and you're circling up with the team and you're in there getting hyped and you walk through that tunnel and you see those fans, and, and especially if you're away, but it, it, it makes you feel good, though, when you're at home and everybody's cheering for you and you know the energy's there and you know whoever's in that stadium on the opposite side when you're playing at home, it's going to be a long day. Or when you're playing away, you know, you just get that excitement because it feels like it's you against the world. It's you against the stadium. It's, it's, it's just your crew, you know. It's your team, your coaches, and, and it's, like I said, it's you against the stadium. It's you against the whole city. And you feel that, and that just... Um, I guess you could say it excites you. It's it's an adrenaline rush walking out there just to hear that. And now you're going to walk out there and it's going to be nobody there. There's, you know, there's going to be 60, 70, 80,000 empty seats. That's going to be very tough, I think, in especially early on in the season. You know, I, I it's going to be it's going to be quite an adjustment. It's going to feel like a glorified practice. And in my opinion, at first, um I'm interested to see, though. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I just don't want the quality of the game to diminish that much. But I understand it's different when it comes to the NBA, NFL. They really rely on their fans. Now, they usually say home field advantage averages about three points in a point spread swing. For you betters out there, you know what I'm talking about. But, and then in some stadiums, it's more like four or five. If they have, you know, the bigger fan base, they have the noise. Um, I'm interested to see if that's going to correlate into wins and losses this year, like you said, with the noise. Everybody's going to be up... on an even, even playing field. It's an even yep. playing field, right? With no fans, yeah. Now, some of the teams that could take the biggest hit, I looked this up on Bleacher Report, six teams, no specific order, that have the biggest home field advantages. That This is the report said. New Orleans Saints, you know that one as good as anybody. In the dome, could be could be a little quiet this year. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of echoes, breeze calling the plays. It's gonna be bouncing off the dome. Um, we got the Seattle Seahawks. No surprise there. Obviously, the twelfth man is not no longer 
The Pittsburgh Steelers surprised me a little bit here. They're on the list. Tough place to play. Look, those terrible towels can get rolling now. I I played there. I played there a couple of times, but I've lost there one time. We played in the playoffs when I was with the Miami Dolphins. You know, we're down here. It's January. It's probably like high 60s, mid 70s. We go up to Pittsburgh. It's freezing. And they get out, they get out to a big start. And next thing you know, this isn't a yellow flag, but it's a, it's a, it's, you know, they just, they just get them going. They're going and that's all you see. You just see a sea of yellow towels and it's like, okay, you know, it, it's an exciting place to play. So I, I could see, I could see how Heinz Field could, could, could make its way on that list. Green Bay Packers made the list, Lambeau Field. I, I don't feel it. I, you know, I love playing. I know I loved playing there. You know, I got to be a part of the Green Bay Chicago rivalries. Uh, I felt it. You know, but it's not like some of those stadiums where you go to where people are cussing you out. I know Pittsburgh. You know, when it comes to the opposing team, uh, a, a lot of the fans didn't have good things to say to us. You know, just like most places, but Green Bay was different. It just it felt different. You could feel the history, but it wasn't overly loud. You know, when it comes to tough places, for me, I'm just thinking a loud, hostile environment. I didn't get that when I was in Green Bay. This one surprised me a little bit. The Denver Broncos are on the list. Mile high. Listen, you get up there, opposing team, you get up there in that altitude and you start breathing a little heavy around about halftime in that third quarter and and, and, and you might be down seven to 10 points. Yeah, it, it can get a little hostile. Well, I put them on my top six, probably not, but I can understand that one. I remember a time it got really quiet when uh, Flacco threw it to Jacoby Jones, got behind the safety, tied the game up, went on to win the Super Bowl. That's, that's, that's Which brings me to the that's, next, the next team on the list. <laughs> <laughs> the next team on the list, I would have put them there even if they weren't, but they made it. The Baltimore Ravens, tough place uh, to play. M&T Bank is tough. I, I, don't, I think I've won there none. I've, I haven't played in a game where we won. Well, I, I was in 2018 season, but I didn't travel for family reasons, and we did win. On the uh, Tucker so missed extra point. Yeah, you know, God blew it up, blew it out the way, <laughs> blew it with slightly right. I know that kind of hurt your feelings, but. Oh, <laughs> good there. I think uh, I think this is going to come into play more than people think with no fans. Some of these upper echelon teams, when they travel, like the Saints, you guys go to say. Uh, the Rams, or you guys go to Atlanta, and that's like their Super Bowl. When the Patriots right. travel back when they had Brady, they go to Miami, and Miami would win some of those games because that's their Super Bowl. I mean, they sell out for those games with those teams coming to town. I think they're going to take a big hit, and uh, and some of these teams could actually win games that they, they lost in, in previous years. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I mean, home field advantage is real. It's, it's real for about five to seven teams, you know, it's just, it's all about the environment. You know, you got to make sure that you go into the game, not just with a great game plan when it comes to offense, defense, and special teams, but you got to make sure that you are accounting for the noise, for the mayhem. You got to make sure that you are all on the same page. I'm talking silent communications between the offensive line, quarterback, receivers, you know, uh, it's kind of like sign language sometimes when you're out there. So you got to be on the same page. So I know they talked about um, pumping in crowd noise. Um, I know some some organizations have already attempted to do that in the past and gotten in trouble for it. But if they're going to do that, <laughs> you know, if they're going to do that, that's going to be 
it, it, it might give you that home field advantage uh, feel, but it's it's going to be different when you don't when you don't feel those people in the stands. But you know what? It is going to make each each and every player. And I'm going to kind of take this from the NBA. I didn't know how the NBA was going to be with no fans, but you see what they did to that game. They've done a really good job of making it feel like fans were at the game. Uh, I, I just I don't know. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to give it a few weeks. I'm going to give it a few weeks, feel it out, especially because they had no preseason game, so they couldn't even work out the rest. It's going to be definitely a, a kind of a, a tough a tough transition going into the season for uh, for a few teams. It'll be a work in progress, for sure. Absolutely. Um, as a former offensive lineman, who do you think this benefits more, the offense or the defense? I, I think it benefits the offense more, especially, um, if, you know, if you don't have those momentum swings and, and the high crowd noises and I just think it's an opportunity for the offense to be on, on a better page. Like I said earlier, it, it evens the playing field a little bit when you go into places like M&T Bank. It, those, those are hard places to play. You know, going to Seattle, those are tough places to play. So now it's just, it feels like it's a glorified team on team practice in a stadium, you know? Um, like I said, we have to figure out what they're gonna do with the crowd noise, see how that affects the game. If it's the same, if it's louder, we, we don't know yet. So um, we will get to see this coming Thursday. I'm excited about that. I'm excited just to see the guys back out there and see some good competition on the football field. For sure. Like like you said, uh, defense is a reactionary position. Um, mm -hmm. Offense knows where they're going beforehand. So if they can all be on the same page, I think it definitely gives them the upper hand. Yep. Like you said, so I agree with you there. Jump right into uh, our surprise teams of the year. We're going to get to the teams we think are going to be successful again and make the Super Bowl and all that stuff later on. But some surprise teams that, you know, didn't make the playoffs last year that we think might jump out there. So I'll jump into it first. I'm going with the Colts. Seven and nine last year. You know, they were two and seven in their last nine games. So they started off strong, kind of fell off a little bit. You added uh, Phillip Rivers. You added Buckner. You got Jonathan Taylor coming in at running back. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Pittman Jr., another uh, wide receiver for Phillip Rivers. Uh, Houston's going to decline, I think, in that division. Uh, Bill Bradley is kind of, you know, losing the locker room a little bit. They got rid of D-Hop. The Titans played well, so that's going to be their biggest uh, competitor, I think, to win this division. And they just got Clowney, mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't help my cause here. But <laughs> I, think I think Tannehill... In his second year, there's more film on him now. I think, you know, he kind of surprised people last year, played out of his skin, got his big contract now. So I think he's going to have a slight regression there. I know that's your second, boy. Second, second big contract now. Let's, let's, you know, <laughs> if, 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 if you're going to count his pockets, make sure you count his pockets the right way. Tannehill signed, uh, this is second, second nice deal he's got. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he'll, he'll lay back a little bit. I just think the Colts are built to win. They have the, Pro Football Focus calls it the easiest schedule to play. So I like the Colts here. I think if you're going to bet them, you take them to win the division. I think they're minus 110. Love the Colts. 7-9 and nine last year. Definitely going to improve. My surprise team. Who you got? That's not a bad pick. I like that pick. I'm going to go with the 5-10-1 from last year, Arizona Cardinals. I think they can squeak out 7-8, maybe 9 wins this year. Will they make the playoffs? They could be that team that gets in at nine and seven. It's happened before. It's happened a few times, actually. Kyler Murray uh, 
had a, had a good first year. Had a good first year. Now he gets to come back for his second year. He has some experience under his belt. He has some playing time under his belt. And guess what? They got another weapon on the on the opposite side of Larry Fitzgerald. They bring in DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Woo. come on. You got Larry and DeAndre, and now you got Kenyon Drake, who's been in the system since day one. He wasn't traded there like last year. He is very explosive out the backfield. He can catch the ball really well, run between the tackles, and he's fast enough outside the tackles. I like what they did on defense. They did bring in Isaiah Simmons in the first round. Uh, from Clemson, he's a guy you can move all over the place. Maybe he's somebody who can, you know, be another playmaker uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Chandler Jones, you know what you're going to get out of him. Double-digit double, double digit sacks every year. Uh, they, Like I said, they went 5-10-1 in 2019. I definitely think they can get in between seven and nine wins this year in 2020. I guess has them at seven, so you're saying take the over on that one. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Now, we, have, we do have a new segment. We said we have some new stuff for you guys. It's going to be called Me's Money Moves. I got mm. a little al algorithm, some numbers that I throw in there. When something fits into my system, we're going to throw it out there as a Me's Money Moves play. Now, it's not going to be all the time. And make sure you're following us because it's going to be released on our story or on Twitter. Um, but I do have one for you here. And it's the Detroit Lions over six and a half wins this year. Oh. Now, they were three... Three, that's going to be the first Mies money move. So it's a whole season. We get to follow it. But if you're betting out there, you want to throw some money down. I love the Detroit Lions over six and a half wins. They were 3-12-1 last year. Now for a 3-12-1 team, they were winning 43% of the time. So 43% of the time they were on the field, they had the lead. Mm. Wow. For a, team that, for a team that plays like that, you should have seven, eight wins. They were 3-12-1. They you gotta just remember gotta finish, step. baby. Finish, baby. Got, that, you, that, that's you, you gotta finish. They were three, seven, and one in one score games last year. Um, so if they can make some of those other games a little closer, that's five. Get some of those wins. Stafford missed eight games. They were ranked ninth in injuries last year of all teams. So if they can stay a little healthy, mm -hmm. they traded away Darius Slay. And they, they drafted uh, Jeff Akuda from Ohio State. I think that's going to be a big addition for them. He's going to help out. Slay didn't really get along with Patricia, wasn't buying into a system. So you kind of get that attitude out of the locker room. Great player. But you remove that and you bring in three defensive players that played for Patricia in New England. So you're changing the culture there. You, they brought in uh, Danny Shelton, D-tackle. They brought in Jamie Collins, the linebacker. They brought in Jerron Harmon, the safety. So I think you're changing like all levels. D-line, linebacker, and secondary. I like that. I like those let's tighten up. Made. Let's tighten up the defense. Let's, you know, get Stafford back on the field. I think it's an easy six and a half wins. You're going to get, you're going to land around eight or nine there. Detroit I'm a fan of that pick. Lions. Me's money moves. Me's money moves. He, he already said it. We're going to add a couple more segments. This is another one. It's called Bush's Big Ballers. I was an yeah. O-line for a very long time. I was an O-lineman for a very long time in this league. So when it comes to watching games, O-line is the first position that I look for, you know? So with this, on this first episode, I guess you could say our segment of Bush's Big Ballers, I'm gonna give you my top five offensive lines going into the 2020 season. Number five, we're gonna do it backwards. Number five, 
They were actually, they played really well last year, so well. They were the number one ranked offensive line. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to put them at number five. Brandon Brooks, your all-pro right guard, he went down in the postseason with an Achilles injury. That's tough. He's going to come back, but we do not know when. Jason Peters, he's not done yet. He did not join me on Retirement Island. He's still out there getting <laughs> it done. But he's not going to be the left tackle of the Philadelphia Eagles. And if he is the left tackle, you better come up with some more of them duckies. I've already seen the reports he's going to want more money for it, and I don't blame him. But he's not done. He's going to be at one of those guard positions. And you still got Jason Kelsey, man, in the center position. You still got Lane Johnson being a beast out there at right tackle. And like I said earlier, you got Peters. You know what he brings to the game, veteran leadership. Uh, yeah, so the Philadelphia Eagles are number five. At number four, they were actually fourth last year. At the end of 2019, I'm putting them four again, and this is the Dallas Cowboys. Their offensive line has been pretty consistent over the last few years, probably been their best position. Uh, it's unfortunate, though, because Travis Fredericks is retiring. Um, he's joining me on Retirement Island, but I think the Dallas Cowboys are confident about Joe Looney stepping in and taking over the center position. Tackles Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins are dominant, but the injury bug could kind of set them back a little bit. He's dealing with an injury. He's going to be out for the, I'm talking Lyle Collins, he's going to be out for at least the first three weeks. Cam Irvin, who they signed to be their swing tackle, is going to come in and fill in. So hopefully he gets the job done at a high level. But with Collins, Smith, and let's not forget about Zach Martin, man, in that right guard position, who's been a beast, a beast for, year, for, for the last few years. Dak should be... Dak should feel very safe back there in the pocket, and Zeke should have some nice holes to run through. Number three, you got it on. You got the jersey on. It's the Baltimore Ravens, baby. They're coming in at number three. You got left tackle Ronnie Stanley, who got the Pro Bowl nod this year, and his counterpart on the other side, Orlando Brown Jr., is continuing to play well. He's trending up. But the question mark is, is Marshall Yonder stepped away from the game, baby. Welcome to Retirement mm -hmm. Island, big dog. It's not a bad place to be. We welcome you here with <laughs> open arms when you're ready to come. But you know, Marshall Yonder stepped away, so who's going to fill in those shoes? It, it, it needs to be big shoes that they're going to have to fill. And they brought in a big dude in DJ Fluker. Veteran presence. Great leader. Good leader. And he is a mauler in the run game. And the Ravens got to be excited about that because look who they have in the backfield running the ball for them. You got Lamar Jackson, who's a monster, and you got that dude, 21, Mark Ingram, back Big there. Trust. That thing. Big trust. And uh, they picked up the running back out of Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins. I'm excited about uh, where they are with their <laughs> offensive line. Number two, I was going to put them one, but I put them number two. It's my boys down in the bayou, the New Orleans <laughs> Saints. I know my guys had a rough outing last year to the end of their season. The Minnesota Vikings came into the Superdome and handled business. They beat them at home. But you know what? The offensive line played well all last season. They played well the year before that. Team I was on, whatever. We're not going to get into that. But they played well the year before that as well. But they are anchored by two of the best tackles in the game right now. You're talking Teron Armstead and Ryan Bramchek. And Andrews Pete, their left guard, I guess what the kids said, would say, secured the bag. He got his big payday, and he reported 15 pounds lighter in a training camp. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see his development over this season and you know in years to come. But the quick, the big question mark down in New Orleans is this: Larry Warford is gone. 
he's gone. He's your, he was a, a technician. He's a, he's a pretty good leader now. And a presence uh, on that, on, you know, on their offensive line, who was very consistent, but they did bring in Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, their first round draft pick, draft pick. His maturation and development is what I am waiting to see this year because you got to keep number nine clean and you got to solidify the middle of the pocket. You, everybody knows Drew Brees wants to step up. Tackles, take care of the dish. Drew Brees wants to step up and make his read. The good thing about Drew, he's going to get the ball out when he's supposed to. So that's my number two. My number one offensive line going into 2020. Uh, I'm going to give it to you like this. Familiarity and availability are key for successful O-line play. And that's why, I'm putting, uh, and that's why I'm putting the Indianapolis Colts as my number one. They ranked third last year. And here's the thing, they're returning every single starter. They're led by pancake specialist Quentin Nelson and left tackle Anthony Costanza, who just signed a two-year deal to solidify himself on that offensive line for the next couple of years. They got a new quarterback, though, under center as well. That's why I'm excited, and that's why you're excited too, me, because you picked this guy. You're rolling with the gunslinger. He's an experienced he just talks so much trash when he's out there. And it's <laughs> Phillip Rivers, baby. They're getting Phillip under center. I think Phillip is very, very hungry for a Lombardi trophy. But I can understand why he keeps playing. He's got to stack them coins because he got a lot of mouths to feed in that house. A lot of kids. A lot of kids. So there it is. Bush is big, Bush is big ballers. My top five offensive lines going into this year. Like I said, five. Eagles, four. Dallas, three. Ravens, two. Saints, one. Colts, Bush's big ballers. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And that's where you win the game in the trenches. In the and trenches, baby. You see my surprise team of the year, the Colts is on the list. Some other of those teams might come up later when we do our Super Bowl, way too early Super Bowl predictions. Uh, so I love it. Bush's big ballers, me's money moves, a couple segments that can come at you guys this year. Yeah. Another one's fantasy. I know you guys love fantasy football out there. So I'm going to try to get you guys some matchups that we like the week fantasy. of. Fantasy for the whole season. I got three key breakout players. Now these aren't people that are going to be first or second round picks, but they're going to have a breakout year. And next year they might be first or second round picks. So I'm going to start it off. Three of them for you. First one, Devin Singletary, running back in Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills. You picked them a lot last year. They had a breakout year. Uh, Singletary was there, but he was hampered by injuries in 2019. Sat behind Frank Gore. He only had two touchdowns last year. He's catching the ball out of the backfield. He's running the ball. Gore's gone. I think that's going to open it up for him. Josh Allen is, is you know, his maturation process. He's growing and he's getting better. And not to mention they added Stefan Diggs, who might be able to help them a little bit down the field. Absolutely. Open up that run game. Maybe even open up the passing game a little dink down because Diggs takes two guys with him and now uh, Singletary's open. I think he's going to have more catches. He's going to have more yards. I'm looking at... 800 to 1,000 yards rushing this year. You're going to get some receiving too, and a total of double-digit touchdowns, rushing and receiving. So that's that's great. That's the type of year that's going to turn him into a first-round pick in 2021 for you fantasy guys out there. Um, there, there is some rumor coming out of camp that he's been fumbling the ball a lot, mm. and they say if that continues into the regular season. Look for uh, rookie Zach Moss to split some time with him, especially in the end zone, because they don't want to fumble the ball down there. So if you do take Singletary, make sure you handcuff him with Moss and get Moss a little later just in case uh, so you get both of them one pick. Moving on to wide receiver. 
John Ross the third out of Cincinnati. Now he's fourth on the depth. He's fourth on the depth chart right now, but he is fast. And I'm telling you, running down the field, it's a late round flyer here, so he's not going to change your team instantly. But if you stash him on your bench until he moves up into he's a starting slot receiver by week four, week five, I think you're getting a steal here in the 13th or 14th round because there's a guy coming into Cincinnati who's looking to change the whole uh, mojo there, and his name is Joey Burrow. Mm. And I think he's got the arm to get at the ball to John Ross the third. I don't think they had anybody to get him the ball uh, before he got there. Um, they're going to be behind most of the time, so they're going to be throwing the ball. So this is another way to get him the rock, get some fantasy points for you. I Like I said, I think he's going to be starting in the slot. Week four, week five, John Ross the third. And the only guy at receiver I like better than him is my number one breakout player of the year. And his name is Sterling Shepard. Wide receiver, New York Giants. He's shown great rapport with Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is going to step up in his game this year, but that's that's another segment we'll do later. Sterling Shepard got 25% target share from Daniel Jones last season. That means when Daniel Jones' arm went like this, 25% of the time, he was going to Sterling Shepard. Um, he's, he's getting drafted in the leagues behind Darius Slayton. They think Slayton's going to be the number one producer in New York. I don't think so. I think by the end of the year, the number one guy is going to be Sterling Shepard. He only had 576 yards last year, three TDs. So I think you're getting great value here. Great room to move up. He should finish around eight or 10 touchdowns this year. If you can get him in the eighth, ninth, 10th round steal, I think mm. I think you're going to love it. Sterling Shepard, my number one breakout player. Nice. Nice little list you got there. Yeah. So let's get into the way, way, way too early Super Bowl predictions. Yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, it's, it's a tougher year this year because you don't know what's going to happen. Like you said, the wait and see. I think a lot of people are going to be waiting and seeing how the fans affect it, how no uh, preseason games. Timing is going to be off a little bit. It also, so, it's all going to start with leadership. It's all going to start with the coaching staff. It's all going to, you know, you got to make sure the best teams the best teams, the ones who are consistently in the playoffs, those are the teams that I'm looking to see make another jump or somebody can can make that uh, leap into the Super Bowl. Whoever can get their team focused, focused on the right thing every single day. It's not about the fans. It's not about uh, the pandemic and COVID. It's what it's, it's about. What can we? What can you do as an individual to make yourself better? What can you do to help your group? And how can your group help the team? And that's really what it's about. So. When it comes to the start of the season, I, I'm definitely looking at who's starting the season fast, who is starting, you know, starting the right way, you know, who's not fumbling the ball, who's not dropping passes, who's just doing everything right because they, I, I can, I feel like they're going to be in the best mindset. So you want to start the way too early Super Bowl predictions or you want me to do it? Well, you just said all that. I think you just roll right into it. Who you oh, got? I'm who's going to be the right best in. leader? Who's going to be the team that gets there? I do think I like Andy Reid. I do. I, you know, he, mm. he's he's found his way. I think the Chiefs get back to the Super Bowl. You just paid Mahomes. You know, he got to go earn that contract now. 
You know, they didn't lose too much in free agency. So you got to feel good about the weapons that they have coming back. I know Damian Williams is a little banged up right now, but once he comes back, that's just another layer, you know, to your, you know, to your team and, and, what, and what you're able to do uh, when it comes to open up the playbook. Um, on the defensive side, they still got those monsters up front. You still got Matthew in the back playing extremely well, and you're going to get Alex Okafor back on the edge. He's he'll definitely uh, provide some pressure for you. But who I think is going to be representing the NFC? I said it last year, and I really, really mean it again this year. And that's the New Orleans Saints because look, you pretty much got the same offense except for one person on the offensive line. You got the same offense. You got Jared Cook who's coming into his own, his relationship with Drew is better. You saw it over the last eight games of the season. And you bring in uh, Emmanuel Sanders? Are you kidding me? To compliment Michael Thomas? And then you go and look on, at the defensive side of the ball, hopefully you can get a, a healthy Kiko Alonso because he's all over the field. Um, you know, you still got Janoris Jenkins in there. He's got uh, a season under his belt, DJ Swearinger. And you bring in Malcolm Jenkins as another uh, vital piece. He's been playing at a high level for a very long time. So I, I like what they're doing. What they're doing in New Orleans, they are, it's do or die Super Bowl. They, they got to win it this year. This is the year because uh, the season, uh, this team will not look like this come next season. So I got Saints and Chiefs that are going to be playing in Tampa. Barbecue and gumbo, huh? That's what you're going with? Uh, I'm a fan of both, so let's do it. <laughs> Well, I got to start in the AFC, and I'm you're going to say it's a homer pick, but uh, I'm going with my Ravens, baby. Oh, by the way, I got I had to rock this jersey for the show because when we had Mark on earlier this year, he got on you about, oh, there's little jerseys back there. You don't have one of him up there. I do. I so do. I took, just, you know, I got it. I got one. I got one. I took it. Uh, he called you Adam. I took yeah. advantage of the Visualize and Rise golf outing, Jermon Bushrod style, and snagged this jersey in the silent auction. It is signed on the back. So next time, if I have a dance-off with them, I'll have to wear it. Um, but I'm going with the Ravens, man. Uh, they had a great year last year and then completely let us down in the playoffs. Um, it reminds me of the year the Chiefs had prior to the year winning the Super Bowl. They had that breakout year. Mahomes was the MVP. Everybody had the expectations. They couldn't get past the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. And then the next year, you know, they were confident and just were in their own and pretty much unstoppable. Um, so I think the Ravens are going to uh, mimic that and it's going to be their year. You know, 14-2 and two last year, it's going to be hard to mimic that, but I think they got the leadership with my man in the locker room. You got some young bloods coming in, J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think Lamar's just, he's hes motivated, man, and he's got a one-track mind and that's to win the Super Bowl. He Five seconds after he was drafted, he said, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. And I think that's going to be this year. But who's going to meet them there? And this is where everybody's going to say, whoa! I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys here. What? I knew you were going to say that. <sighs> Dallas. And if you if you want to throw on. a little flyer out there, any betters out there. Man. Come seven, on, seven, man. 17 to 1. Throw some, sprinkle a little money on there. 17 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy's coming in there. Look, the ingredients are already there. They just haven't had anybody to mix it all the right way. They haven't had any. forgot about they McCarthy. A, they need a chef to come in there and control it. Mike McCarthy's coming in. And I think he's gonna in the kitchen, Richard Stern like a stir fry, whatever that song is. Don't, I think don't he's coming in there. <laughs> I think he's gonna come in there. You know, Dax is is, is gonna have a great year. Prescott, I think Zeke is uh, if he can keep his head on straight. I think he's a great weapon. And you gotta remember, CD Lamb, those hands from the NFL draft. 
<laughs> I just think I think they're primed to do it, and they got the right man behind the wheel now this year. And they're going to surprise a lot of people. And why not? Why can't they get all the way there? I think I think the NFC, you know, is going to be wide open. And who knows? It's 2020 has been a crazy year. So why can't something crazy happen? I'm going Ravens, Cowboys. Okay. Well, early. we'll see. Wait, that's way too early. Somebody, <laughs> one of us. We we gonna be wrong. Somebody's gonna be wrong. But uh, I, I like where we are. This is this was a this is a good first show. What, what what did we say earlier? What'd you say earlier? Me catch us every Friday. Every, every Friday. Friday morning. Look for it coming through every Friday morning. We're gonna be posting the video. We're gonna be posting just the audio. So if you listen to us in the gym, if you listen to us while you drive, throw it on Friday mornings. You'll be ready for your games on Sunday, whether it's fantasy, whether you're betting action, or just whether you're talking trash to your friends. You're gonna get it all right here. Like I said, reminder, our Thursday picks are just gonna be released on our social media. So make sure you're following us at Push and Me Show on all social media platforms. Speaking of Thursday night games, we got one coming up. So make sure you're following us now. Click that button because Thursday we're going to release these picks. Houston at Kansas City. For you fantasy guys out there, start Mahomes, start everybody on the Chiefs, start Watson. But if you want a flyer, I like Brandon Cooks, you know, a new face there that could get some more touches of the rock without D-Hop being there. Start Brandon Cooks. And make sure you're following us, man, because we'll have the picks Thursday and every Friday morning just for you guys. Hey, come along with the journey, man. It's the Bush and Me Show. We appreciate you listening. Tell a friend. Tell that friend to tell a friend. And tell that friend to tell another friend. Because uh, we're going to need your support. We coming up. And that's what we're going to do. Appreciate you tuning in to Bush and to me. We're going to catch you next week. See you Friday morning. <laughs>